0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: A really solid foundation of wood process, particularly it's so key to political and philanthropic relationships. You can always have great passion with a particular idea for impact, but you've got to make sure you back it up with a really robust business plan for that sustainability. But I like to use the phrase more revenue resilience.
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 309 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Paul Quilliam. Paul is currently the driving force behind the emerging Sentas the social enterprise network of Tasmania and provides Island state representation on the committee of Asena, the Alliance of social enterprise networks, Australia. By day he's the state manager for your town and kids helpline in Tasmania with programs across employment, children and family services and social enterprises. Having spent two decades in the education and IT sectors, Paul spent the next several years co-founding Hummingbird House, Queensland's only children's hospice. With an executive MBA, Paul has an extensive background also in healthcare, business and not-for-profit sectors. Paul recently served as a global board chair of the International Children's Palliative Care Network, is currently on the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross International Advisory Board and is a long-term executive advisor to QUT's executive MBA program. Just prior to COVID-19, Paul was awarded Global Not-for-Profit Entrepreneur across 277 business schools through the Association of MBAs for his work in palliative care. He's been awarded an Outstanding Alumni Award through QT and has been a Queensland Local Hero finalist for Australian of the Year in 2017. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Paul's insights into the social enterprise ecosystem in Tasmania. And we'll also discuss paul's key insights learned from leading this great variety of different social enterprises and not-for-profits paul it's an absolute pleasure to have you here thanks for joining us
1: thanks tom an absolute pleasure to join you on impact boom
0: great so paul i'm really keen to learn a little bit more about your background and what it was that led to your interest in passion and social enterprise
1: yeah, Tom, look, it's been quite a journey to get to this point in time. And my background's in education, business, IT, community services and healthcare. But I started out as a primary teacher, inspired actually by work that I did in Launceston many moons ago that mm-hmm. led me on that trajectory to become a primary teacher. Yeah. Really starting out there, I've always been passionate about getting the best out of young people. And it's over 20 years in school environments, I transitioned from teacher into educational admin and undertook. Executive MBA in 2009, 2010. This uh, first study at QUT exposed me to a complete paradigm shift of looking at the world differently and surrounded by an outstanding cohort of senior executives. Those thought leaders over a two-year period literally changed my life trajectory and led me into one of my biggest entrepreneurial ventures to date, taking me from a role of Chief of Staff at a large P to 12 school of 1,300 students founding Hummingbird House as Queensland's only children's hospice. From there, after having grown up in Tassie as a teenager up north, I moved back only a few years ago and have loved every minute of my current role building relationships across the social enterprise sector, being energised by those that are genuinely turning ideas into impact.
0: It's certainly an emerging scene down there in Tasmania in terms of just seeing how quickly this social enterprise Ecosystem is growing down there. I've had the the pleasure of making four trips this year so far down to the beautiful island that is Tasmania. Absolutely love it down there. I think it's a great part of the world, Paul. You're lucky to be down there. But look, as one of these founding board members of of Centas, where do you see potential for social enterprise in Tasmania, and why is now the right time to be growing the ecosystem in this state? And I suppose just to add to that as well, Paul, I'm keen to really look at some of these key opportunities for the sector in Tasmania that you're seeing right now?
1: I'm really fortunate to find myself at the right time and right place for social enterprises in Tassie. Tasmania is the last state to establish a formal social enterprise network, Work so FENTAS is on its way. I firstly want to recognise all the incredible work of those that have been advocating for social enterprises over the last decade. There has been some really significant groundwork from Dr Rob Neversol and Kylie Eastley way back in 2011, where the first significant study reported, and I think that was through partnership of Institute of Regional Development in UTAS. Yeah, but right. they did a survey and there was about 111 organisations across the state. And they identified through that survey that there was a total of 183 social enterprise locations across the state. And over that last decade, there's been such terrific intent to grow the social enterprise sector and ecosystem. And of course, varying degrees of interest at times by both sides of mm. politics. But look, there's definitely a a feel that quite a number of social enterprises haven't been quite as sustainable and successful over the last decade. And I think that's where having a more formalised network across Tassie to provide that support advocacy is just so key right now. Particularly being tapped into the greater national alliance of of, of SENA, all the state networks, that are really committed to growing the national sector. Yes. And look, Tassie's one of those unique places where look, the economy has really thrived despite the, the pandemic, and look, there's never been a better opportunity to bring social enterprise ideas into fruition and to realise the exciting impact that they could make to transform lives and, and strengthen communities. I think with 29 LGAs. It's quite unique down here. I think that's actually key to the uniqueness, that the island's broken up into those 29 areas that can really champion social enterprises within the ecosystem down here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So many opportunities and some great initiatives and activities already just happening across the state, as you mentioned, Paul. So we, let's discuss some of those a little bit later. But I did mention in your introduction that you are the state manager of Your Town and Kids Helpline in Tasmania. So could you share a little bit more, Paul, about the work of those organisations and how they're already supporting the community?
1: When I returned to Tassie a few years ago after having lived up in Lonnie as a teenager in the 80s, I I took on the role of state manager for Your Town, formerly known as Police Team. So that's been operating for more than 60 years. The hero brand of the organisation is a Kids Helpline is the national 24-7 helpline for children and young people. Yep. And that's been operating for, for more than 30 years now. And as well as employment services and children and family programs, a key part of my role was inheriting the oversight of the gardening services, social enterprises in the northern suburbs of Hobart. And it's grown from where we started off with only a couple of teams, Jim's mowing of social enterprise yep. gardening and landscaping, and now it's really, it's scaled up to where we've got five or six teams. The grass grows pretty quick down here, so yep. it's been really successful. But And your town's got a history of more than two decades of championing social enterprises, which started in Queensland with fencing, I think it was way back then, and then expanding across the state. Yeah, It's included gardening, fencing, graffiti, removal, construction, to name a few. And I saw firsthand just the amazing work of... The trainers working alongside young people in areas of disadvantage who have been long-term unemployed. And it was probably more not just providing them patterns of work habits, but all the extra that goes into it, providing patterns of community transformation and, and the individual transformation of just seeing young people stepping up to just new levels of giving back to the community as well.
0: Look, I've got to say firsthand, it's been great to see the work of your town. I've been very lucky to collaborate a little bit with Saro Tuga up here in in Queensland, who's also part of your town, and she's doing some great work, really inspirational work up here too. It's good to see you just leading some of those great projects down there too, Paul. But we did mention that previously you founded the Hummingbird House Foundation, and that's basically offering this specialized pediatric palliative care services in queensland so it's a big project to get that up and off the ground so what were some of these biggest lessons that you took away from setting up this foundation
1: tom the story of hummingbird house has been another amazing journey and it feels in some ways a bit of an accidental journey Mm. as mentioned before i undertook an executive mba back in 2009 2010 Thinking that I was going to apply all those studies into educational leadership and in the role that I, I was in at the time. But as often as the case, the universe conspires, and <laughs> I found ourselves co founding Queensland's only children's hospice. And again, we've always had that live by the mantra i must do something had that aha moment and uh, as a result of this process of advocacy too i also as chair the global chair of the international children's palliative care network global body pediatric palliative care with an estimated 21 million children challenged with a life-limiting condition so Mm. if primary teacher to board meetings in durban and berlin it was on so many levels and but a key part of that success was you know, building relationships right across the sector, building relationships across a complete ecosystem. You're not sure of the text to start with. I guess it's the skill of navigating the complex, but relationships are always key. A particular note was we formally twinned with the Duchess of Cam- Cambridge's charity, East Anglia Children's Hospices, which in turn led to private meeting with Princess Kate in 2014, which was hmm. yeah, quite amazing. and. Again, later in the same year, um, another meeting over there in the UK. So, yeah, quite memorable. Yeah. But again, it came out of building quality relationships. The key lessons I learned from this whole experience, the importance of good governance, really key. If anybody was ever saying, what is the secret source, the secret success, it is that good governance. It's mm. ensuring a really solid foundation of good process, particularly... It's so key to political and philanthropic relationships. You can always have great passion with a particular idea for impact, but you've got to make sure you back it up with a really robust business plan for that sustainability. But I like to use the phrase more revenue resilience. But again, there's so many ideas that are led with passion in paediatric palliative care space. It was really so many examples led by passionate parents, but got to really make sure you do your homework, evidence-based, but make sure you've got more steak than sizzle in everything you
0: do. Absolutely. So you speak about the importance of relationships, the importance of good governance, and and ultimately delivering a quality product service outcome. So to those social entrepreneurs who are listening right now, what advice would you be giving to those who are really keen to get out there and, and make something happen?
1: I think the key advice for me to any social entrepreneur who's listening is really to prioritise the relational over the transactional. I always talk about the R value always trumps T value. Now, the transactions is just part and parcel of the business but it's when the transactional overtakes the relational is where I think things start going on a bit of decline. I'm also a really big advocate from my IT background of applying the Gartner's magic quadrants for starting up social enterprise and it's also key to successful seed funding the four quadrants on the x-axis it's called the completeness of vision and on the y-axis it's about the ability to execute it's about how you commit the balance and committing energies to both axes so you can have social entrepreneurs that are really passionate that think they've got the completeness of vision mm. but I'm don't have the elements or the framework of scaffolding to to execute on the other hand you can have people that have rallied the troops to execute the vision but perhaps that vision really complete um, Mm. within that ecosystem i'm always looking at that top quadrant and in time over a bit of executive coaching work with qt up there in queensland it's about really identifying the energies around uh, both axes there so but also, look, I've been really fortunate to get good mentors around me. I've been fortunate to work with some really inspiring philanthropists that have really provided that ability to execute through their financial generosity Yes, and have just been terrific mentors over that, that journey. And they're not just funded uh, back in Hummingbird House days, but have committed to funding the work and impact down here in Tasmania. So. They've been generous individuals over the last decade and they've invested more money into the impact. And not just that financial, but they've given just such significant time and wisdom to, I would always, social entrepreneurs, get really good people around you yeah. that, that challenge you. I think the one thing I've been really blessed to have mentors that when I put to them, here's the bold solution mm-hmm. they really challenged me to say look is it bold enough get those sorts of people around you really important
0: such great advice there paul and can absolutely relate to a lot of that so let's come back to to some of these different projects and initiatives happening across tasmania which ones do you find really inspiring paul and which are really creating some great positive social change
1: great question tom and that's a real challenge to identify just a few but but really, some inspiring work going on at the moment right across the state, the north, south, northwest, cross social enterprises. Where, and it's not just disadvantaged youth, but there's some really good things happening in the disability sector or with First Nations. It's such a spread. Yes. Um, apart from the great work we do at your town with our gardening social enterprises, you a few sp- that spring to mind troublesmiths by impact communities working with young people in the retail space. Providing training, opportunity to transition into full-time employment. Also another one of note, Hamlet. It's been such a huge success working with young people at one of the best community cafes in Tassie. Mm. Always a great place to book meetings and have meetings down there and support the great work of Tasmanian social enterprises. And making a real difference in impacting young lives, particularly that hospitality space mm. where down in Tassie, as you know, it's some great food. certainly um, is. You know, Booty culture down here, but to see social enterprises happening in that hospitality space is really important. Then maybe also doing great is Tasmanian Bike Collective. So it's been maybe more notably known as Risden Vale, training up students who are disengaged from school, but they've been trained up in bike mechanics and selling secondhand bikes to the community. You've got such a vast array of Future podcasts, I think, coming out of Tassie, sure, Tom.
0: Absolutely. Look, and we will most certainly follow up with those social enterprises and, and seek to have them share their stories across the Impact Boom in the future too, Paul. So that's some great examples there. So, in finishing up, books, resources, blogs, what would you recommend to our listeners, Paul?
1: My number one go-to book that I recommend to everyone I help mentor coach is Steve Covey Jr.'s Speed of Trust. Mm. Social enterprises only develop at that speed of trust and it's that combination of character and confidence. An absolute must read for anyone, full of great insights. I'm also a big fan of an Irishman, Mac Russell, who works in the area of asset based community development. There's some really good materials out there that will provide great reading for how social enterprises and entrepreneurs can be of maximum value to any community they work work within. Lastly, I'd say make sure you read Jim Collins's two books, uh, Good to Great and Built to Last. They're written predominantly from a large corporate perspective. They're really good readings through the lens of social enterprise. And so there's so many takeaways. Even if you've read them before, I just really encourage people to go back and just read them through that lens of social enterprise and what entrepreneurial looks like within communities because obviously for all things social enterprise we want to take them from good to great and we want to make sure that they're built to last we want to make sure that they're serving communities they're delivering impact not just now but for the people's lives that they change in the future
0: absolutely they are some great books and For the listeners out there, we'll stick links through to those books in Paul's article on the website. So you can click on through and have a browse at them there too. But Paul, I'll look forward to catching up with you next time I'm down in Tasmania. But otherwise, if not, in September this year, we'll look forward to welcoming you up to Brisbane to the Social Enterprise World Forum and and learning more about what's happening down there during that week of activities too. So thanks again for your really generous insights and time today. We really appreciate it.
1: No problem Tom and we look forward to having really good representation from Tassie Social Enterprises up up in Brisbane at the World Forum in September and look forward to catching up.
0: Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on ImpactBoom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website. Facebook page and Twitter.